you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. It's Monday, September 26th, and you're listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. That is the voice of the three-time Super Bowl champion, Willie McGinnis. But what is his deeper feeling today? Worry for his Patriots or pride in his USC Trojans? Willie is joined today by our resident coach, QB whisperer, and sommelier. Yes, Steve, the <laughs> I want to be that. Mariucci, you can't be because you are the sweet potato kid, Mike Yam, the pride potato. of Fordham, the <laughs> resident Giants fan who, like all Giants fans, nearly forgot how to be insufferable. But oh, he's yeah. learning again. Mike, Willie, coach, welcome. I thought Vince Lombardi was the pride of Fordham. Okay, so you're going to take the sommelier title and you're going to take away the Fordham reference? Yeah, really? Like, what? Do, I'm going to be just sweet potato? You're the yammer. Potato? I'm just going to be just sweet potato? And yammer. Okay, just that's yammer. Yeah, Nobody <laughs> else wants yammer. We'll, we'll do. No, I'll take what's left over. Oh. Coming up, Monday questions about Sunday contests, but we begin with the Monday night game. Cowboys, 1-1. One one. Giants, 2-0. and oh. It's an NFC East clash. It's an NFC East battle. I have an NFC East question for you, Willie McGinnis. Okay. Micah Parsons, his primary focus tonight, stopping Daniel Jones or stopping Saquon Barkley? I'm going to say it starts in the trenches. Any, any good defensive coordinator or defense will tell you if a team can run the ball down your throat, it opens up so many other things down the football field. And Saquon not only ha- uh, hurts you when they hand him the football, but he can also hurt you as a receiver. So I would say for Michael Parsons and his Dallas Cowboys defense, control the trenches. Don't let him get going. He is their best player on the offensive side of the ball. Slow him down and make everybody else beat you. You know, Saquon has played. He's been hurt a little bit, right, in his career, and he's played against these Cowboys six times. Has not beaten them yet. So that's going to be interesting Mm. to see if he can finally get a win and control the trenches over there for the Giants. But it's going to be tough. 
Only one of the three of you has an emotional investment in tonight's game, and it's you, Mike Yam. Oh, yeah. Don't listen to Coach. You are the yammer. You are the pride of Fordham, or at least the current version thereof. Um, your feelings heading into tonight's contest. Well, I'm actually glad that Mooch brought up that that 0-6 factor for Saquon Barkley because individually the performances haven't been awful for oh. Saquon in those matchups, averaging about 95 yards from scrimmage in those matchups, six touchdowns over those six games, so one a game. Um, I, look, he it, we've seen flashes where Saquon's starting to look like Saquon again. I was concerned as a Giants fan heading into this season. I am cautiously optimistic. The fact that we could potentially say 3-0 and after three weeks of the season to me is sort of mind-boggling uh, to consider that. 74% of the teams that start 3-0, and they make the postseason. Can we please say playoffs for the G-Men? I will. Are you nuts. saying playoffs already? I, playoffs. No, no, no. I, I'm cautiously optimistic. We look one game at a time approach. I'm going to go with your old coach Belichick. One game at a time. Just trying to not give anyone anything. But it's hard not to get excited if you're a Giants fan. Are you so excited that you're going to make the foolish prediction that the Giants will win tonight? And if so, what's the score? Uh, I actually do think the Giants are going to win tonight's football game. I know we're doing this on, on Total Access on the TV version. I think I had 24-17. I would think I was flirting with your score. You did, in fact, have 24-17. Yeah. Willie, do you have a score for us for tonight? I do. Game? I have the Cowboys, and I think I picked 23-16. You did. You did indeed, Coach. I'm not I, quizzing I, you, but I have the notes I, here. I, if I recall, I, uh, we're going to pick the uh, Giants – 24 to 20 over the Cowboys. Is That's that exactly right? right? And you also threw out a name that I want you to follow up on, C.D. Lamb. Why is he so important tonight for the Cowboys' chances, even though you are predicting that the Giants will win this game? So, C.D. Lamb, you know, you lose Amari Cooper, Cedric Wilson, Michael Gallup is still out, right? Yeah. And C.D. Lamb's got to be the number one guy. He's your number one receiver has got to be your go-to guy when you throw the football. I don't care what who the quarter quarterback is now. He's had 11 targets each game, but the efficiency hasn't been there. He hasn't scored a touchdown yet. In fact, he hasn't scored a touchdown nine straight games. So your number one receiver has to be productive. Figure out how he's going to be productive. And he, he's got Cooper Rush now throwing the ball to him, and they like, they, they like that combination. He was much better this past week uh, with seven catches. But C.D. Lamb's got to show up. Uh, that is the last game of week three in the NFL. I think there may be no argument. We'll see if there's some pushback on this, that the best game of week three in the NFL went down in the heat, in the sauna, mm -hmm. in Miami, between the recently anointed best team in the NFL, Buffalo Bills, yeah. and the recently, <clears throat> hold on, who are they again? Miami Dolphins. Here they come. Oh, he is hit from behind. It's loose. It's picked up by Ingram. More defining image, Coach, from that game. Tua reassuring Josh Allen in that wonderful embrace Ooh. after the game, or Ken Dorsey rearranging the coaches. <laughs> <Ooh again. laughs> Which time? So, I don't know if I've ever seen any either one of those images before. You see quarterbacks, that they're all in the same fraternity, right? They, they shake each other's hand, and they, they always go to the quarterback. Well, they were, like, embracing. It looked like Tua was holding up Josh Allen because Josh was – he had 90-plus so snaps. Cool. MJ was at the game, and she said that it was 125 degrees on the field, and they had 90 snaps of, of duress is what he had. You could right? add about 10 degrees in uniform, so there it's even go. hotter Listen, in uniform. Can you imagine that? And so they looked like both of those guys, and Tua, whether he had the concussion or the back, both of those guys were just holding on for dear life so they could stand up and make it through to get to the locker room. It was, it was, it was very heartwarming. And then, and then your other guy there, Ken Dorsey, <laughs> I don't know if I, I don't know. I mean, everybody gets pissed off every now and then, right? Whether you're in the press box or on the sideline or at home. I, I love it. We all, we all get a little bit goofy. But 
I've never seen, I've seen a guy throw down, but he just kept going. He just kept going. I think we somewhere. had the counter at six. I actually thought he broke the camera on one of the <laughs> I think he did. I think you're being kind oh, by yeah. saying somebody put his hand over the camera. I think he annihilated the camera. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. That's going to live with him for a little bit. Yeah. It's a sign of passion, nothing more. Willie, I want to go to you next. Last week, we talked about stats, and you were very quick to ground us in the reality of an NFL game with regards to stats. There are so many stats that you simply don't care about. And those of us listening, you, we could easily roll our eyes and say, oh, that's Willie, it's indoctrination, it's the Patriot way. But your point was proven this weekend. Let's look at these Bills-Dolphins numbers. Yards, Bills, 495, Dolphins, 212. Mm. First downs, Bills, 31, Dolphins, 15. Plays, Bills, 90, Dolphins, 39, and one last one for you, time of possession, Bills, 40 minutes and 40 seconds, Dolphins, 19 minutes and 20 seconds. If I have just come in and I'm looking at those numbers, I am assuming this was a Bills annihilation yes. of the Miami Dolphins. Tell me what these numbers didn't show us on Sunday. Less is more. <laughs> I mean, um, I've been in these games where, first of all, the, 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 the one time of possession, the, the Dolphins did not run the football. So when you talk about quick plays in the passing game, either you're three and out or you're making quick plays or big explosive plays, those things show up. Um, I think the Bills did a good job at driving the ball down the football field. But what did we talk about a week ago? If you don't score in the red zone or if you get points taken off the board or there's turnovers or you don't convert, you get all those yards, they all tally up, but it doesn't really matter because you're not scoring points. So we saw um, the Bills hold on to the football, convert on third down, move the ball down the football field in a lot of different ways through the air, Josh Allen legs, out of the backfield to the backs and all those different things. But the Dolphins seem to always come up with a play. slow him down when it counted to keep points off the board um, to get to Josh Allen. I think they slacked him, what, three or four times? Could have been eight times. But because of some breakdowns that they had defensively, it allowed them to, to convert or make a play or even one time score a touchdown. Willie, you actually pointed out something in the meeting that was very interesting. Mike, you're nodding your head because you know what's coming. We look at these numbers and we assume the Bills had a lot of missed opportunities. And yet what you saw mm -hmm. was a Miami Dolphins team they that did. actually had a lot of missed opportunities. Please help me understand. Well, when you, when you break down a game and you see the positive plays on the other team, you got to see what went wrong on your team. And, like, there's one play where they, the McKenzie touchdown in the red zone. Nobody was around him. That's a, that, that's a breakdown on the back end of coverage because you had three free rushers. If he's covered, that's another sack. Then Javon Holland, the safety, dropped. In his hands, two interceptions. Those are two possessions you steal that you could probably go on on your side, you know, the 50, and, and maybe score points and or take points off the board or stop a drive. And then you look at other plays like they had free rushers. You know, it's third and long. One time, one of the rushers jumps. Well, he pump fakes him, goes around, and runs for the first down. Those are plays that you look at that you can say, we can fix this, we can get better at this, and these were self-inflicted. So that was, just, that was just a few of many. And when I look at the Dolphins, if they learn how to play together in better situational and not beat themselves on little things like that and work on the fundamentals and techniques, whatever you want to throw out there, 
I think it's a closer game, and it's not as strenuous at the end for them. Mike, I want to uh, turn to you. To Willie's point, in the second half, the Buffalo Bills got into the red zone three times. They yeah. came away with a grand total of three points. The other stat I want to throw your way, Josh Allen had 63 passing attempts. And, Coach, I think you called it out. I think Tua had 18. Yeah. What did we learn about the Bills? What did we learn about the Dolphins? Or, because of those conditions, did we maybe not learn anything? So, I think if you watch Total Access and listen to this podcast a week ago, and Willie, correct me if I'm wrong, I think, Willie, you picked Miami mm -hmm. heading into this particular matchup and the reasoning behind it was a uh, short week from a Buffalo perspective, no hide, no poyer. I think that points to some of the issues that you're talking about. Dane Jackson right was beat up the other corner. Yeah, so there's yeah. some problems. You, you run, and Mooch, you know this. How, how many times could you say that you ran 51 more plays than the other team, dominated time Never. of position? You can't. There's, there's so many things that are hard to rationalize in terms of end result. But I think the other comment that Willie said that I think you need to focus in on you know, just smarter, not harder, maybe the best way to describe it. You'd mentioned the heat. I know, look, I don't want to throw that as, as a reason, but I think typically we watch these guys on Sundays. We think about them as gladiators. We say, oh, it's hot. I didn't even think about it until Willie just said it. Ten degrees hotter when you got the pads in the uniform that are on there. On so if we're extrapolating with the numbers that MJ gave us, we're looking at 135 degrees or roughly in the uniform. That is something akin to an astronaut uh, yeah. re-emerging through the atmosphere. I mean, think about that. MJ said she was at the game and she said, hey, I saw Josh Allen before the game. And he said, damn, it's really hot. And once again, I, I don't want to make this like a, a heat factor is the reason why they lost. I mean, look, time of possession alone you don't have some of the issues that you have. You're, you're probably talking about a win. I think it's going to be fascinating next time these two teams meet. How many times we go back to what happened in this game, I almost think it's an outlier, and I don't want to speak for you guys, but in my mind, it's hard to rationalize. You know, Hyde, obviously, hopefully we get Poyer back um, relatively soon. I think there's issues that you can point to on both teams that I almost think you start from scratch at, when you handicap the next matchup. Hey, these just, two squads. just a really quick point to that. If if the Bills' def offense had that many plays, what does that mean? That means that the Dolphins' defense was on the field. Yeah. They had to weather that storm. They had to play. They didn't have a bunch of guys coming in substituting. Good call. You know? So, when you talk about playing defense for that long with so many elements to you that you have to stop and protect, um, I think it's, it's strenuous on the defense as well because at some point the defense is going to wear down, right? And they didn't. They didn't. Well, the question is, will they wear down this week? They're on a short week now. They head into Cincinnati to play the Bengals. Uh, this is an exhausted, I should think, a Dolphins team heading into Cincy to play a team in the Cincinnati Bengals that found a little bit of themselves against the Jets. Yeah, no, this is going to be really difficult for those defensive players. And it's really more than 90 snaps because the penalty plays don't count. And so they've been on the field. And as you know, defensive guys run a lot more than the offensive guys do, especially in the trenches. And so they're probably going to be packed in ice for a couple of days and then show up for the next game, right? I mean, it's, it's going to be hard. Well, they're leaving. So they're leaving Monday to go to Cincy because there's a big storm. So now you don't have your practice facility. Cool. You don't have anything that you can't use your own stuff. They're going to be in, they leave for Cincy today, and they're going to be there the whole week. Ouch. That's a huge disadvantage. Based on what I'm hearing, I don't think we should be surprised if the Miami Dolphins now 3-0 finish week four, 3-1. It's going to be a factor in this game. It's an absolute disadvantage to have this short week after such a physical. This would be like the equivalent to playing on like a 40 below game where everything's frozen. This is the opposite of that. 135 or so in those uniforms playing so many snaps. That wears you. I'd say running a marathon and you can't recover that fast.
you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is NFL Total Access, the podcast. I'm sitting here with Steve the Mooch Mariucci, Willie, three-time Super Bowl champion, McGinnis, and Mike the Yammer Yam. I don't want to follow three-time Super Bowl. I I got, like, no credentials there. I know. Damn. Yammer. We'll reverse order next time. Uh, You made a reference to playing in frozen conditions. Let's talk about a team that is currently frozen. At least their hopes are frozen. The Las Vegas Raiders, surprisingly, I think for a lot of people, 0-3 to start the season. Coach, what's your level of concern? You know, they lost every game. I think we all expected this AFC West division to be the best division in football. I I still think it is. Uh, Very competitive. Uh, They've lost all three games now by one possession. You know, it came down right to the end. This one came down to a two-point try. It's and it's, they're probably the best 0-3 team I've seen in a long time. They're right there, but they have three losses. And Bill Parcell says, "What you are, what your record says you are." They're 0-3. That's really behind. they're the only 0-3 team in the league. They are. There are currently only two teams without a win. They are 0-3, and of course the Texans are 0-2-1, the fewest number since 1970. That is a testament to parity. Here is Hurts to the end zone. And- Jalen Hurts, is he an MVP candidate, Willie? And if he's not, why not? Absolutely. I think he is because when you talk about MVP, it's what a player means to the team. It's what a player does situationally. Like when there's certain situations come up, how he performs, 
Um, and I think because of how you have to game plan against him with his legs and now with his arm, which a, people under, a lot of people underestimated what he can do from the pocket, I think that makes for him a dangerous mix. And he understands, and it's obvious what defenses are trying to do, and he takes advantage. When you line up in man, then he doesn't take chances. If it's not there, he holds on to the ball. He takes off. He gets down. He's smart. He uses his legs. When you're in zone, he picks you apart. He picks you apart with his arm. And it, it just seems like he's going to the right play every single time. Not perfect, but every single time. And he's playing with this, you know, with everything above his shoulders. So for me, when you look at what you're doing, your wins, how you play in the game, not just the wins, but how you're winning football games, how you're attacking defenses, he's right up there. Mike, after what we saw happen to Patrick Mahomes this weekend and Josh Allen this weekend, is it overstating it to say that Jalen Hurts is not just an MVP candidate, he's the MVP frontrunner as of right now? No, when you ask the question to Willie, I think the answer clearly is candidate, there's no doubt, but I don't know how I'd make an argument for someone other than Lamar Jackson. Right now, to me, what Lamar's been able to do, I right. mean, you talked about some of the things that Jalen's been doing. Lamar, I, I, I think the narrative that we've heard consistently about him not being able to beat teams with his arm, it's a joke after what we've seen these first few weeks of the season. I get that there's a loss on the schedule for them right now, but Lamar Jackson is, from an offensive standpoint, I don't, I don't know if I can point to anyone besides him. Mike queued it up. Let's hear the play. Jackson back corner. Duvernay. Perfect placement. Lamar Jackson, 325 total yards, five total touchdowns. That was comprehensive. My question is actually about the Patriots. Jones retreating, floating, end zone, picked off. Bigger issue in New England, Mac or Matt? Mac Jones, two touchdowns, last in the NFL. Mac Jones, six turnovers, last in the NFL. Mac Jones, passer rating, second to last in the NFL. Does the burden of responsibility fall squarely on his shoulders, or is Matt Patricia possibly the fly in the ointment? <laughs> That's a good one. Um, I think Matt Patricia will get better as a play caller, as, and he gets help from play calling as the season wears on. But I also think... Uh, Mac Jones will get better. He's still a youngster. Keep that in mind. He's not a veteran yet, all right? And he's still growing and now learning with somebody new in his ear. He's got some new supporting cast. This is going to they're, they're not a great Patriot team. They're, they're a good Patriot team that will get better. Now, the downside is he's got the high ankle sprain. So who knows how long that's going to be? That could be a month. That could for Brian Hoyer to come in, right? And then, and then this is—it's it's a shame when these young quarterbacks get anybody gets hurt. But Trey Lance, you know, he's out. But to to miss not just games but practice time too, which he really desperately needs. And so, yeah, they they have a couple of issues. Get the quarterback healthy. See if Brian Hoyer can win a few games in the meantime. Matt Patricia is going to get better as the season progresses. Willie Mack, I teased it earlier in the show. Let's finish it off right now. Deeper feeling, pride in your USC Trojans, fight on or concern. For your New England Patriots. Well, I do have pride for my Trojans, of course. You know, we're undefeated and just won a close one down in, in Oregon State. Yeah, Corvallis, man, that yeah, thing was a one, really. State, was very a one. close. Hey, but you know how those divisional games go, guys. So, <laughs> yeah. um, the Patriots, I, I am a little concerned because I know what they're trying to do is revamp this offense and make it a new offense. So it's it's Mac Jones's offense and not another coordinator who just this is what he does really well. And in, in transitioning into that, there are some struggles. Um, Matt Patricia has been a phenomenal play caller, but not on the offensive side of the ball. So 
although he started on the offense, he's been on the defensive side the majority of his career while in the NFL. And I think once they figure out what works best for Mac Jones and get into a rhythm and what he likes, um, it, it's going to be smoother. But it's going to take some time. We're only in week three. Well, we're going into week four now, but it's only three weeks. And it, it, it's difficult because this team is not just, okay, here's the playbook, here's the plays we're going to run. They're game plan specific. They game plan according to every <clears throat> defense and every team they play against. So it changes every single week. They try to attack your weaknesses. They try to attack players and put them in compromising positions um, when, they're, when they're attacking. So all that stuff takes time when you have a new system you're trying to incorporate a new play caller that you're trying to call those plays. Quick pop culture moment. <clears throat> Mike Yam, worse revenge flick. The Specialist, starring Sylvester Stallone and Sharon Stone. <laughs> Death Wish 4, The Crackdown, starring who knows. Or Carson Wentz versus the Eagles on Sunday. Oh, <laughs> Wentz stamps his foot. Wentz is back. Wentz looks up. They've got him again! And that would be sack number nine. It's the most times Wentz has been sacked in his career. Oh, God, that one hurts. Um, look, I can I flash back to my youth? Sharon Stone, like, back in the day, like, when I was, like, growing I mean, Mooch is giving me that, giving me that eye. That's that. Easy, Yammer. Okay. Easy. All right, Yammer. I'll just say anything. As the resident sommelier, so. he's just trying to read you, trying to figure out what your next election yeah, will yeah, be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, big bold cab out of Napa. We, you and I can discuss that when the show is done. Uh, I, I'll do. Man, Carson Wentz. That was a little bit of a buzzkill watching, watching that performance. Um, they obviously have some issues. Washington's got to, got to figure out. I know that there was some flashes of, of positive signs of life for Carson through these first couple weeks of the season, but um, lack of production up front. You can't, in a division matchup against the Eagles, you can't have your guy get sacked nine times. You yeah. can't. It's brutal. That, that, is, uh, that, that is not something that any team or any player can metabolize, no, no. with the exception of possibly Joe Burrow, uh, C-2021-22 <laughs> season. Rodgers fires quickly, end zone is caught for the touchdown by Alan Lazard. Coach, is Aaron Rodgers playing football, or is he throwing darts? They have a dartboard in their quarterback meeting room. That's the rumor. I've not been in it. But it, it, so, they, you know, he throws bullseyes in the meetings and he throws bullseyes. And you know what's happening with these quarterbacks? I, I just reminisce as to how I used to coach quarterbacks. And I think we used to kind of make them into robots. You know, we're going to go three, five, and seven step drops and we're going to be mechanically sound and we're going to step into our throws and all that. These new quarterbacks are throwing that out the window. All right, they're throwing from every angle you can and off balance, and it doesn't matter. They're going right and left. And if they can do that with that kind of arm talent, look out because Aaron Rodgers does that, Patrick Mahomes does that, you know, Russell Wilson does that. And that is dangerous. That's scary. And it's forget about all that mechanic stuff that you teach the young kids. These guys can just get the ball to the receivers anyway. I will defy anybody to find a better thrower of the football in the NFL than Aaron Rodgers. I'm sorry, my eye test tells me there is no one better at throwing the football than Aaron Rodgers. Does that make him the best quarterback? Not necessarily. That is a debate we can have, but we're going to move on. Not since 2005. <laughs> Has a player thrown 58 times in an NFL game without a touchdown? Murray. Wanted to swing it, pressure coming, and Donald! Is he going to get the sack? It's an intentional grounding flag. What is it about this Rams team that the Cardinals and Kyler cannot get over? Willie, do you have a theory? Man, I, you know, a lot, of, a lot of people say, you know, no Hopkins or the players aren't there, or whatever, Christian Kirk's is in Jacksonville making plays. 
Rondell Moore is a guy who's supposed to be the heir apparent. Um, A.J. Green, you know, he's he's trying to figure it out. It just seems like they haven't been on the same page since they've been there. Um, I don't know. You know, it, it just seems like it's the offense, they struggle. It's not smooth as, as it was before. It's it, There's no cohesiveness there with the players. Um, it seems like it relies too much on Kyler trying to force and make a play with his, you know, with his legs. When being patient or the progressions or whatever doesn't happen, okay, it's, it, it's street ball time. I got to make a play with my legs or I got to figure it out. Or because I've done it a number of times, that's what I rely on. So I think instead of playing within the offense, he's trying to be the entire offense. And I just think you can't, you can't at this level continue to do that because defenses are more sophisticated and they're going to figure you out. Coach, rather, uh, Dr. Mariucci, can Dr. I get a diagnosis on this dilemma in the desert or is it a disaster in the desert? What say you? Let's, let's rewind. When, when Cliff Kingsbury, didn't he come from Trojan land? Did he? Um, For like five, um, five minutes. Yeah, he was like an assistant I think he came in, looked around, and then he said, he said I'm going to play. Arizona. Yeah, so, so the ex it was like an experiment, okay? Somebody in the NFL is going to hire a college coach to run a college system yeah. and get the first pick and get a college player that's a little guy that's not a pocket passer. It, let's run this college offense. That's familiar what, what this with, college player does. Yes, and so each season they've started off really well because it's a different kind of offense to defend, but the end of the season, come December's, teams are figuring them out a little bit, okay? Well, now you have what you have is they've got some tape. I mean, the, people are used to defending this kind of stuff. And, and, I, and I do believe that they're missing receivers. D-Hop's a huge miss, yeah. right? And, so, and, and Christian Kirk's having a good year for Trevor Lawrence. And so uh, I, I, it's still a little experimental to me because you have to have this wide-open college offense try to run the football and put a game away when, you need it, when they need to, not just rely on miracles by your athletic quarterback and Hail Marys and everything else. So it's kind of fun to watch, but it's like, is this sustainable? Can, can Kyler Murray stay healthy? He's going to take a lot of hits. He's lucky he's so quick. Well, he has so, the last couple of years. He's, he's, he's ended the season with injuries. Yeah, and, and so, you know, it's, it's to be determined yet. Um, fun to watch, yes, but is, can it be a dominating team? I don't know. Cousins, he's got a touchdown. It's Osborne again. Another team that's been fun to watch, or at least I believe, the Detroit Lions. And yet we clearly have a recipe that may not be sustainable when it comes to getting wins, closing out games, holding on to leads. Talk to me about Detroit. I like what I'm seeing, and yet they can't like what they see when they keep seeing L's on the board. You know, I can I bring up a college analogy? Because you just brought this up, and I think it applies to what we're seeing in Detroit. You know, when a college coach takes over a program, it's usually a rebuild. I mean, that's generally speaking, that's what we're talking about. Year one, it's lose big. Year two, it's lose a little smaller. Year three, win small. Year four, win big. I think we saw that last year, right, with this Detroit team where they weren't winning a lot of games, but you never saw, especially late in the season. I know it's easy to say, oh, they're professionals. They'll go out there. They'll win. They'll still give a big effort. There was never this quit. You saw what it was like when they first scored that first win and the emotion that you saw from Dan Campbell. <clears throat> 
To me, Andrew, you know, when I look at what we're seeing this season, you're seeing flashes. I mean, the offenses look good. Um, speaking of USC and the Trojans, Ross St. Brown has been terrific. I mean, there are conversations about him now being, you know, on the short list of elite receivers that are there. I think it's just a matter of time. It's a, I think in some respects it's a little bit of a personnel issue, but um, Hutchinson obviously has been a huge hit. They, they hit on him. They've had some other hits as well. And it's – God, I think back, you know um, – when Panay Sewell got drafted, I mean, some of the issues that they had on the offensive line, you guys know this, it's time, it's it's piecing these things together. Generally speaking, I think they'll be okay. If you're expecting, you know, them to be a postseason team this season, I, I just wouldn't go that far, but I think the wins will come. But isn't hasn't that been the narrative for too long in Detroit? They're going to be okay? Okay what, doesn't do what, it. Since the 50s? What are you talking about? Uh, so, <laughs> I'm happy for them because I see some hope. Yeah. I see some excitement over there, and they scored over 30 points just, you know, a couple games in a row, and, and then they went toe-to-toe with the Vikings over there in Minneapolis. They were sad seeing Matthew Stafford leave. Okay, it was like, oh, my God, now what? Well, you know what? Jared Goff might throw for more passing yards than Matthew Stafford this year. I'm happy for Jared Goff's reboot and finding a new team. Uh, DeAndre Swift's a heck of a player. St. Brown is really a good player, and Hawkinson, the tight end. So they've got a chance now. That team, the Bears, all these teams in that division are waiting for Aaron Rodgers to retire and go away, all right? Mm-hmm. Because it's been dominated in Green Bay for 30 years with quarterbacks. So they, they are building their team up with that trade from Matthew Stafford with all these ones and twos, and, and they're hitting on the right guys. So Dan Campbell, you know, he's biting off kneecaps last year. <laughs> I'm going, how long is this going to last? But you know what? He's got him playing hard. Wow. And that's this trick. Play hard, and you're going to win some of these close games. Uh, I think we can have a debate at one point about uh, how sustainable an emotional team is. They are led by an emotional man. They seem to be an emotional, temperamental team. On certain Sundays, it's captivating. It's electric. On other Sundays, it seems vulnerable. We'll talk about that later. Let's turn to another team led by a guy who cut his teeth and made his name in the college ranks, Matt Rule. Panthers have eight on the line of scrimmage. This is J.C. Horn off the edge. He tips it, and the Panthers may have picked it off. Mac, this D, no joke. No joke. But didn't you just mention college coach coming over? So one deep thought is a lot of the players are trying to buy in to somewhat of a college environment environment because that coach still has a lot of those pieces in place. And I think when you look at the Panthers, um, what they're doing defensively is great. Because that's – I don't know if Matt Rule, he's not really an offensive guy or a defensive guy. He's a good, he's a good coach for everybody. He's a good – what do you call it? Like manager. Manager for everybody. He's not a play caller. But I think this defense has – I don't know how many number one picks on it. And they got a lot of young talent, a lot of, young, a lot of talent that they can go out and make plays. And what they did this weekend was <laughs> exceptional. But I still didn't see the explosiveness on the other side of the ball, especially when they get – when they give you those multiple opportunities or they stop a good football team. Um, if you got a defense, you got a chance, and you can build on that. But a lot of those pieces have been in, been in, been in place. They play well. <clears throat> they have to keep that up. They have to play at a certain level. Being on a good defense, knowing that the offense is still trying to get there, um, you're going to play a lot of plays. you got to turn the football over. You can't give up points. And you got to try to be consistent at that level. When I was with the Browns, our offense, we had talent, but they were trying to figure it out. And I don't know, it felt like we averaged 80 plays a game. And at some point, we would wear down. At some point, you were wear down, especially being in the AFC North. Great effort on the defense. They won that football game. How long can they sustain that? 
I'm not sure they beat a good football team. I think the jury is out on the New Orleans Saints, or at least this version they're of the New Orleans Saints. They're a good football team. Fair I think enough. they're a good football team. Coach, what did you see out there? Well, I, speaking of their defense, uh, Phil Snow is their defensive coordinator, and he and I worked together at Cal. You're talking about college coach. Yes. And I saw how he operated and, and coordinated, and I was always impressed. In fact, my last year in Detroit, I, I brought him in as, as a defensive assistant just to give him some uh, experience in the NFL. But you're right, he's, he, he does things a lot. He went to Arizona State and helped him go to the Rose Bowl. I mean, he's really a solid coach, and it's, it's proving to be uh, very beneficial for Matt Rule and his staff right now. They just got to get, you know, Christian McCaffrey's got to stay healthy. And, I, don't know if, I don't know if that can happen, Coach. Yeah. Like, you look at certain things that we keep saying every single year, can this, can this happen? It's like Sammy Watkins, right? Yeah. For the Green Bay Packers now. Like, he's, he comes in, he has one good game, and he's back out again. Like, some of these players, they yeah. just can't stay on the football field. Julio they... Jones for the Bucks, same thing. Yeah. Great player. But the last, I don't know how many years, you just can't keep him on the football field. The talent sometimes doesn't outweigh the uh, availability. I'd rather get a guy that's more consistent, that can play and give me what I need, versus a guy that can do it every blue moon or be out there. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. I mean, he's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
This is NFL Total Access, the podcast. Two more games, three more questions. Game number one, Jags and Chargers. Mm -hmm. Question number one for that game, why not the Jags? Why not the Jags in the AFC South? They are making a case for themselves. Are you buying it? I am buying it because I've seen them in the last couple of weeks be consistent of how they play. And I think coaching makes a difference. This team has some talent. And this team can play a certain style. And they believe. And when you try to build a team and build culture, the players have to buy in. I don't think those players bought in the last couple years where they were with that coaching staff. <clears throat> now that you got a veteran head coach that's respected, that's won a Super Bowl, that has a lot of experience on how to dealing with the quarterback position, to be you know specific, and he has other coaches in place that can handle different things, I think that is perfect for what's happening in Duval. And we can see, like, we can see it happening overnight. They just needed that direction from the top. Duval, Doug, Dougie Fresh, Doug Peterson has something going on <laughs> down there. What are you seeing? Doug, Doug Peterson was a backup quarterback for me at Green Bay. And because Favre was playing every game, he was never on the field, but he was a student of the game. He was a smart guy. He was a worker. He was all of that. And then he became an assistant coach, and he moved up the ladder the way – you know, you kind of should in flipping burgers in McDonald's. You know what I mean? He did he did it all the way up the right way. And, of course, Willie said he won a Super Bowl, and he, and he did that. So he comes with a nice resume and experience, too. And he's the right fit with his version of the West Coast offense mm -hmm. for Trevor Lawrence. And he adapts a lot of his concepts for his skill set. And you see the... Who would have thought they would beat down the Chargers? I beat mean, down. Beat down. Not even a football game. Yeah, and if so, you weren't paying attention at home, that final score was 38 to 10. Yeah, and so and 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 Justin Herbert played, and that surprised me too. That's but, question number two. Oh, question number one was why not Jacksonville. <laughs> question number two, Mike Yam, is why Justin Herbert? Herbert running out of time and goes down, and the ball is loose. He walks into the game, limps into the game with cartilage issues, and this is a team that ran the ball yesterday nine times. How is that a recipe for success with an ailing quarterback? Yeah, it's not, uh, number one. Number two, I think even heading into that game, uh, average yard per play I think might have been last in the NFL. This is not shocking, right? We've seen some of the issues. They tried to address it in the draft when they took the kid out of Texas A&M. Uh, Isaiah Spiller, um, Joshua Kelly's been there, who actually has outplayed Spiller. I haven't really seen too much of him out on the football field. Sonny Michelle actually had a fumble yesterday in that game. That was costly. Was for Austin this team. hurt? I know uh, he's out there, but yeah, I, that, I didn't see. I didn't like what's going on. It's I, I like that's tell their you. that's their bread and butter. Austin Eckler in the yeah. backfield. Yeah, and it it's what's more than more than shocking is what's the trajectory of this team right now Bosa leaves that game he's banged up Slater on the offensive line a big hit yep. uh, he's got now a torn peck if he's I'm out not for mistaken. the year right he's out for for the year so there's some issues right now as much as we talked about this AFC West being this great division and it is I, I picked think them early on it's it's hard not to see some Chargers of the talent for that right division. I mean yeah. the arm talent was there I, I God I mean and Justin looked you know, I think based off of last season, even some of the throws that he makes. I mean, there was that one throw yesterday, you know, off the wrong foot, and it's a strike. And you're you just going to look like, yourself. So, 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 Yammer, what happens with players when you're, when you're hurt or injured? You try to compensate or overcompensate for the injury. Yeah. So if you, if you saw some mechanical things a little off, it's because of what he's dealing with. So it, they, can, they can shoot you up and kind of numb it up. But if it's still bothering you, you try to compensate with movement and, and, and all the other things you do as a player. I didn't see a comfortable Herbert.
in the football game. I didn't see a lot of things that I normally see with him. And then when the game's out of control, 447 left, whatever, and it's 30, it, whatever the score, it's yeah. over. Yeah. Take the man out of the football game. Yeah. You're not going to come back and score four straight touchdowns over. Take the man out of the football game. I think it was bad managing of him. I think understanding with all the injuries, he could have got hurt even worse. And then season would have really been over. Yeah. So yeah. the Chargers are a good football team, but I'm, I'm tired of saying this, Coach, every year. They're a good football team on paper. They got to go out and they got to prove it. Brandon Staley made a name for himself as a head coach in this league, taking risks. You start to wonder, are you taking too many at the wrong time? Justin Herbert had a bad day yesterday. Here's who had a good day yesterday. The Bears, not an interesting enough game for me to ask you about it. We're going to move on. Adam Here's Rankin. who else had a great day yesterday. Jimmy G apologists, who are now coming up with all of the reasons why he played the way he played, oh because he didn't gosh. get the reps in the offseason. We'll talk about that another day. Here's who else had a great day yesterday. Fans of one Marcus Mariota. The story that is not being told, we're going to tell it another day. I want to thank today's guests, Willie McGinnis, Mike Yam, Steve, the Mariucci. <laughs> Join us tomorrow when we start to break down the best matchups of week four in the NFL. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. You ever get that feeling like the concrete jungles closing in? You crave wide open spaces, the chance to chase your own dinner, or just breathe clean air. Well, listen up. There's a whole world out there waiting, and finding your piece of it just got easier. Head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, you name it. Search by acreage, price, location. They've got it all. No matter what kind of wild dream you're chasing, land.com can help you find the ground to make it a reality. So quit dreaming. Head over to land.com, find your open space, and get out there.